This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. I know these are the same headphones I wear every day, but they feel weird today. Got them on the right way? I think so, yeah. It's always cord on the left. Yeah, that's right. That's what the earring used to be back in my day in high school. Because <laughs> the other that's way right. meant something else. We were so stupid. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> do you remember that? It mattered what size. That so well, to a certain age group, like my dad, it didn't. It wasn't cool no matter what. Correct. And then there was another level, sub-level of that, of like, oh, well, they're kids being kids. And then there was a level of that, like, well, you can do it this way, but not that way. That's so silly. <laughs> that lingered till I when I was a kid too. Did it really? Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> I. <laughs> it's because we're so stupid. I mean, when it really boils down to like life, right? I mean, we get we evolve a little. I mean, I'd like to think I'm a better human being today than I was five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. But we evolve slow. I mean, slow. So true. I, I sent you an article yesterday. You did uh, about treatment for opioids. And how we have the ability, you know, to, we have a, a weapon, but the numbers still keep getting worse. And the news covered it for a long time. It was all over the place. And now we've got a billion dollar, or however many billion dollars of settlement money coming. What are we doing? You run a campus every day where you're helping people treat their addictions and overcome their addictions and get back to life. Why are we not very good at it as a country? You know, I think there's a whole lot of reasons. There's barriers to care. Tanya Andrews, by the way, crossing healthcare. Good morning. Yes. Um, there's a whole lot of reasons. I think that obviously there's still stigma. There's still barriers in, in people's thought process to seek care and treatment. There's the thought that it's not available to them. It's um, shameful to seek treatment. It's um, too expensive. Those kinds of barriers exist. I think there's also a challenge for us as a nation as we deal with synthetics. Um, and so it's increased um, the severity of overdoses. And so the overdose dose death rates are higher because of the synthetics that are now in our, in our drugs in our country. And so while we've made some progress, it doesn't appear that way. And so we're not all apples to apples. And so now, you know, 10 years into 10 years later, we have a much more um, potent uh, opioid drug in the, in these synthetics and more people are dying with smaller amounts or less often use. It's much more dangerous. It's you so, could use one time. And okay, so, so those are the people that wouldn't. There's categories, them. right? Correct. So, so then, um, the, the, the three guys in the backyard after the Kansas mm-hmm. city football yeah. game, you know, now they found fentanyl and, and whatever else. Uh, you, you know, I've, I've had Dana Carvey's son in my newsfeed for like mm-hmm. three weeks. I'm like, quit trying to hype this stuff. I don't, I mean, it's tragic. Yeah. It's, you know, but you, you see, it's not somebody that's a heroin addict for 20 years and, and dies. It's like sometimes people doing this very early in or just experimenting and because Correct. they don't know what they're working with, they can end up dead. Correct. And those are people who would never, um, sort of seek treatment because they don't have like a, a, a patterned problem, a patterned behavior problem. Um, or or dealing with addiction. And so I think that, you know, any drug use is incredibly dangerous in the world we live in now. It's not like, uh, you know, I I still hear parents in denial, uh, Mm -hmm. mainly not at our school, not in our town. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember the days they had more because they could afford it. Um, it, It's you just don't realize, like, I, I know some efforts to have, like, Narcan, you know, to have mm-hmm. those kind of things in Absolutely. places has met re- the resistance because it's almost like, to them, admitting defeat or admi- you know, to the stigma question. Correct. We don't need that life-saving thing here because none mm-hmm. of our kids are going to be there. Correct. And I think that that is definitely a challenge. But, you know, why haven't we 
um, made better progress as a nation with the opioid crisis or opioid deaths. If you're using that as a measure, I think that you have to recognize that the opioids we were dealing with 15 years ago aren't the opioids we're dealing with now. The environment's changed. And, you know, that means that the tactics that we use as a society, as treatment providers, need to change because, you know, you can't fight a battle the same old way and expect that it's going to... But it is amazing how we put things into line items. I I mean, Vietnam War, we're in the streets. More Mm -hmm. people killed in the Vietnam War, we're not even paying attention to. Yeah, I think that, again, the potency of these drugs are so... These synthetic opioids are so significant and... You know, these are other drugs that you might be purchasing from, you know, a drug dealer are often laced with synthetic opioids. And you are, are you suggesting they're still aware. drug dealers? I thought when we legalized everything, all that was going to go away. Yeah, unfortunately, you can get certain things cheaper on the streets than you can. From, well, you're not paying uh, taxes on it. Correct. And so if you're if you're obtaining your drugs from um, a, a, a drug dealer, you can probably rest assured there's a, a high chance that those are laced with synthetic opioids and and can be very dangerous. And, and the, so, I, the fact is the drug dealer doesn't even know half the time, right? You're absolutely I mean, it's correct. getting through a system. I mean, it's not somebody cooking something up in their basement. You're absolutely correct. It, it's very it's been through many, many, many hands by the time it gets to the person who's exchanging that with you on the streets. And so I think it's just really important to understand that this is it's dangerous and having things like Narcan available um, for for anyone who who may be around someone who uses drugs is really important. But we we are not winning this battle, but the battle has changed. I think that's probably the biggest explanation I can give. Well, I appreciate it, and, yeah. and I know what you guys are doing because I've seen it with my own two eyes. It's pretty amazing. It is amazing, yeah. and you keep that. You know, even when statistically speaking. In your world, winning is a percentage that <laughs> probably wouldn't be winning in a lot of other areas. You're absolutely correct. You stay the course, and and we're we're grateful as a community to have you and to Howard uh, because absolutely. this kind of treatment, this space would would not be affordable to most people. Would not be uh, uh, be able to be accessed by most people. You're absolutely correct, and it's really pretty amazing to see people in a in a relatively short amount of time over the span of you know year, a year or two, completely pivot and change the trajectory of their lives. And what starts with, you know, with less than 30 days in a residential treatment facility be- becomes an, a starting point, a, a place to build momentum from. And then through, you know, having access to, to transitional housing and those kinds of resources, they change their lives. And it's really um, humbling to be a part of and to watch and the potential that so many people um, have that when they come to us, you would never sort of think that, you know, from the outward appearance and from their track record that their potential is what it is. And yet these human beings are remarkable and it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. Well, I I just, I I don't know why I think we're better, Mm -hmm. but not nearly there on, you you know, addiction and mental health and and thinking of it the same way we think Mm -hmm. of as a broken leg. I I mean, there's still that barrier that I don't know what people 
and trust me, I, it, it's not that that doesn't mean if you live with this or you've got a kid who's stealing from you and you've got mm-hmm. you're at the end of your rope. No. It's, there's nothing about Tough it stuff. that's easy. Correct. But just the general public opinion that somehow people are weak or weaker or and, and they just, you know, we had a, a cardiologist in that gave me the best explanation of what a stent is, um, you know, that I've ever heard. And, and in, a, in a language that everybody could understand and everybody goes, oh, my God, look at that. That's amazing. Well, needing a stent in your heart is, is no different than needing mental health uh, or, or addiction treatment. It's right. the same thing. It is. You know, anytime, you know, we don't get through our lives unscathed as human beings. And so we all face different challenges and problems throughout the course of our lives. And so it takes a lot of bravery and courage to reach out for Yeah, assistance. but can you imagine if you broke your leg in the backyard right. and you were mocked for going to the emergency room? You're exactly correct. And I think that we as a society just need to learn to recognize that whether your challenges are with addiction or with mental health issues or with cardiovascular disease or hypertension, yeah. they're all just challenges that, that come with the human condition. Right. And, and whether there's an addiction or not, or you're just doing it for entertainment and everybody's screaming about the border. Well, oh, by the way, you know, this this 30 billion dollar a year product we're, we're demanding be we want to consume it plays a huge role in all of this. Yeah, it's tough. No it's one wants a, to hear that side of it. It's really hard. And I think that recognizing how how drugs get into our society is a really important piece of the picture that I think more people should educate themselves on. All right. Hey, <laughs> let's do this. Let's yeah. reset because it's Tanya watched the Grammy Awards. Oh. I, I don't, you know, I love having, I, I, we'll go to deep to shallow. I mean, this is like one end of the pool to the other. One love lap. That. Right? Mm-hmm. We'll do the lap during the commercial break. And when you come back, we're definitely going to be in the three feet of water. Can't wait. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll be back with more right after this. Set those tea times as Earth Mover Credit Union presents the second United Way Open at Caddyshack Golf Pub in downtown Decatur. $1,500 in prize money is on the line, and it's anyone's to win. Book a tea time to play on the golf simulator at Caddyshack by calling 217-422-4444 or visiting caddyshackgolfpub.com. When you arrive, tell them you're playing in the United Way Open. Donate 10 bucks to the United Way for each nine holes you play at Pebble Beach, and you're in the running. Play anytime between now and February 28th. Top 12 scores are called on Leap Day and are invited to the championship nine-hole round on Sunday, March 3rd. Earthmover Credit Union presents the second United Way Open at Caddyshack. Can anyone catch defending champion Griffin Sparks? Huge thank yous to sponsors, the Country Financial Agency of Ludwig & Young, the new 4-9 in Mount Zion right next door, main place real estate agent Blake Reynolds, the law office of Andrew Erickson, new embroidery by Lance Amos, and Blake of Parlooza LLC. You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. One of my favorite Super Bowl halftime shows. Madonna? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. Missy Elliott? It was good. My favorite's still Prince. Oh, that was great. You know, Kevin was there for that one. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Wow. He got kicked out. They had to like, was it, or no, it was, uh, was it Celine Dion? Somebody he had to delete photos of. Oh, uh, <laughs> who was that? Oh, we're have to ask Was it him. Taylor Swift? I don't remember, but yeah, they definitely told him to delete. <laughs> Which is so stupid because they're yeah. then just in your delete file. Right. Um, but but yeah, he snuck into the Prince rehearsal mm-hmm. like because they they'll come in and do a lot. I mean, it yeah. seems very spontaneous, but I mean, there's a lot like if lot you're there rehearsal. all week, mm-hmm. uh, getting ready. All right, so you actually 
And God bless you. In real time. Uh, uh, watched the Grammy Awards. I did. I stayed up past my bedtime. Okay. And? <laughs> and I cried like a baby more than one time, and it was kind of cathartic. Okay. What What made you... I didn't watch it. Nick okay. and I talked about... Nick yeah. watched it, right? Nick, did you? No. Oh, I thought you said you did. No, I, I recapped it. My mom watched it. Okay, yeah. I got you. So what made you cry? Okay. Um, now, remember, we're in the, the shallow end. We're in the shallow end. So don't so get Tracy too deep. Tracy Chapman. Yeah, oh, Tracy she's Chapman. so good. Like that, that moment was just re- really beautiful. And then Joni Mitchell, uh-huh. for sure, um, both sides now made me cry. Um, those were probably the two moments that made me cry. I laughed and, uh, you know, analyzed the fashion and all of those fun things. It was just really enjoyable ceremony. And I have to say it's That's because you approached it from a healthy perspective. Oh, for sure. The people in the room, mm-hmm. whole other story. Maybe not. And I have to tell you, I don't watch the Oscars. Um, and I don't watch um, the Emmys, but I do watch the Tonys and the Grammys because I like music. Well, there you go. I, yeah. I'm glad you had a fun time. I By did. all accounts, it was, you know, I watched the the, the Tracy Chapman uh, performance after mm-hmm. the fact and because mm-hmm. and, I'm a huge fan. Oh, my God. I, I mean, and it's was beautiful. real time, you know, mm-hmm. and still today. Yeah. And, and I, I'll, I'll tell you the thing about Tracy Chapman you need to remember, and, and you could probably find this online. Uh, I actually found the DVD set. <sighs> <laughs> or maybe it's Blu-ray. I don't know. I don't even. I, I have it, yes. but I didn't even know if I have a place to play it. But they did an Amnesty International tour yeah. years ago, and it was Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, and it was Peter Gabriel. We had the full like African band. I mean, like huge stage mm-hmm. presence. And those guys are such powerhouse performers sure. of like loud and and all the theater of it. Mm-hmm. And she's out there, you know, opening with a, a, an acoustic, acoustic guitar and had 60,000 people just, you, you know. Mesmerized. Uh, uh, yes. She has that ability. So when I saw that for the first mm-hmm. time way back when, I'm like, man, she's such a different kind of performer, but just as powerful. Absolutely. Now, they did for the first time, and I have to say I enjoyed Trevor Noah. He did a great job. But they, for the first time, you two did a, the band U2 did a presentation from inside that new the sphere sphere in, in Las, Las Vegas, Vegas where they're doing their residency for sure. And it's so cool looking inside. Oh my God. It Can, was the first time that they've allowed cameras in to see what it looks like. They, on the inside. They handed the keys over to the right band they to sure figure did. that thing, how to kick it off because they have done, I mean, you talk about, mm. you know, they played at rocks bar in Charleston, Illinois. When I was, you're kidding. Mm-mm. On a U.S. tour before Boy, wow. uh, uh, you know, hit and before, you know, I, I mean, uh, yes. I, I mean, that was the magic about seeing like college circuit acts mm-hmm. back in the like late 70s, you know, early 80s. Uh, before they hit there are a lot For of people sure. that came through that rocks i don't even know if that thing's still there but it was right in the downtown area of charleston next to eastern illinois university and they have now become you know i think in my mind in my generation maybe springsteen too like the premier rock band that lasted like the the, like the Rolling Stones, right. but they reinvented themselves, you know, eight, 10 times and their stages and the stuff they put together was always cutting edge. So yeah, I, we, that we, was super cool. All right. Well, I'm happy. Billy, See, Billy I'm happy. Joel. I don't need to watch. Oh, you you make he, me happy. Just telling me oh about my gosh, it. He's got Billy a new, Joel. he's in the news. He's doing a new studio. Album. Yeah. Well, he ended the award ceremony. Like he played out the show. Oh my God, it's so worth watching. And he, they did a little interview with him about how he had lost the joy. Yeah. And, and how he came back to music, and it was really pretty cool. And so, I don't know, it just, it was, this show was two and a half hours filled with, like, one nice little thing after the other. It was, it was worth the watch. I think it's great. Yeah. I'm glad you had fun. I had fun. <laughs> 
See, but I, I, I got all Kleenex I need. With my box right there in front of my TV on Sunday night. <laughs> it was good. No watch party. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a scene in Steel Magnolias all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what character. I, I don't know which. <laughs> Am I Julia Roberts on the deathbed? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> At this point. Yeah, I think point. it's okay. I think you're good. Uh, all right. So uh, we've got uh, spring uh, weather, right? Yes. We had the horrible stuff. Um, how much does that dramatically impact, like, what you see, like, across all your facilities? Yeah. Like, when there's just a little nicer weather, <laughs> just a little more sunshine. Is it a noticeable difference? Uh, you know, only if it's a pattern that lasts for at least a week or so. Okay. But the upper respiratory sort of crud that we were is experiencing, that, w- it's Is better. it waning? Yeah, that's waning. COVID test? Be- waning. Um, believe it or not, people are starting to have seasonal allergies, and it's a little early I for that. I believe that. But, you know, when the weather comes to, to this point and it warms up, so we're seeing now seasonal allergies. Well, here's why you're seeing the se- mm-hmm. why I believe. I'm not a doctor, but we had such bad air quality uh, last year. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, and don't know what is coming. Those Canadian wildfires, all yes. the different things that factored into that. That stuff is still in your, your ducts and your, Correct. you know, I mean, and, and I remember asking a, a, a health professional when it was like 80 or 90 and like, okay, when do we like, because we've never, I don't, maybe we have, we just didn't know it, but what number should I be like really worried about? He goes, it gets to 300. We're talking like, yeah, it's pretty serious. And then we hit 300. Exactly. So I think that's a lot of that. Yeah, I agree. I think that people with asthma and seasonal allergies are already starting to struggle. And you know, it's kind of that moment where there's that switch over and that inflection. Now, typically in central Illinois, in February, at some point, we get another big freeze and some serious weather. You know, yeah, to I, we're not out of the. Yeah, we're not out of the out of the woods, but we are seeing some of that. You know, flares of, of of asthma okay. for some people. So just we, take care of yourself. One more break, and then I'm going to give everybody <laughs> something that they have to watch. It, it, the the ask is not huge. There's three episodes, all under one hour. I watched all three of them last night. You will run a gamut of emotions over this, but I don't think I've ever seen anything captured visually as stunning as what I watched last night. It's going to be on Nat Geo or Hulu or Disney, if you have any of those. And man, will it, you, you, when was the last time you sat in a chair in your living room and felt so anxious that your skin crawled? I, I mean, like that that you just, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm intrigued. I can't wait. We'll do it on the other side of the break. Here's Nick Smith with your three-day forecast. Today, partly sunny, high of 54. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low around 45. Thursday, a chance of showers after 1 p.m., mostly cloudy and windy, high near 58. Friday, sunny with a high near 64. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 37 degrees. Your WSOY time is 8.51.
Hey everybody, it's Chris Harrison here with Main Place Real Estate. We firmly believe that staying true to our roots is the key to sustained growth, enabling us to deliver unparalleled service to you and our community. As we step into 2024, we are renewing our commitment to our core values. They are integrity and excellence, innovation, a client-centered approach, and trust and dedication. While appearances to the outside world do matter, we want our clients and friends to know our strength and commitment to you runs much deeper. Check us out at mainplace.us. Are you the parent of a two to seven year old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one -on -one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month, but you have to go to abcmouse.com slash radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. Back here on a Wednesday. So the tease was the show. Uh, the show is called Arctic Ascent with Alex Honnold. Now, you know him from El Capitan and the documentary Free Solo, where he climbed uh, the largest uh, uh, you know, wall, they call them rock, in the United States of America with no ropes. No, I mean, that was just a, a free climb. Insane. That was insane. <laughs> but what has changed in technology, drones and 8K you know, quality, they went to New Zealand, and there's a three-part. Like, the first two are just getting to the wall. It's a hundred mile journey where people have not been for thousands of years mm -hmm. through glaciers and uh, the ice 2000 feet deep. That's Can crazy. you even fathom that? No, I can't. The, this area they're going to, and the scientists they have with them and the guide who's from New Zealand, who's there to like basically watch for polar bears and dangerous stuff. They've never climbed. So they got to get these two people who've never climbed up this first stretch, which is only 1,400 feet in the air, up through the thing, do all the science. They got to ski in literally at one point in their tents because it's too dangerous to go on because it looked like what our windows look like, but it's a whiteout. And these, these crevasses that break in the ice that are hundreds of feet deep, you can't see them until you're on them and you, you just die. You're on your skis and the next thing you know, you're 200 feet into an ice. And the next day, when it cleared, they flew the drone up over them. They were surrounded by these. I mean, the little sleeping, just safe spot. surrounded by these crevasses. Oh and my God. The, the, when they climb and the drone footage and the stuff you can see where human beings have not walked for thousands of years, it's just, it's untouched. So the visuals are amazing dizzyingly so i mean like yeah. where i watched one on my ipad and felt that when i put it on the big <laughs> screen <laughs> handle this wow it's just dynamic it makes you glad other people are that brave to bring well, you images well, that you would never well see. i'm convinced after watching the final episode he's going to get killed or get someone killed doing one of these things yeah. he doesn't have a governor and three, there's there's two other climbers, a young woman from Britain and an American guy, mm -hmm. uh, that are all world class climbers. And there's some skin that like you know, 
I'm like, I, I, you know, you've already done the save the world climate stuff. You've already got all your samples. And at the end of the day, you're just here for that wall. I mean, I know, I mean, I think you care about the other stuff, but this is the reward. Mm -hmm. We do something for humanity, but I got to climb that thing. Mm -hmm. And he's almost not on the spectrum, but like, it's a, I don't know that he has any self restraints. Yeah. And that's fine if it's him, but there were two other climbers involved. Correct. And there gets to be some friction. It's compelling. Oh, it sounds like something I actually might watch. <laughs> you might watch. I thought I did a great job building <laughs> you it up. Tanya gave me, you know what? That's <laughs> something I, I might watch. You know, I don't watch a lot of TV, but, you know, since I watched the Grammys, maybe I need something else. No commercials. No commercials. The, you've never seen anything as beautiful and sad as this area of Greenland, uh, you, you know, where these huge glaciers that literally, I mean, the volume of water we're talking about mm-hmm. would, would put New York City like f- two miles underwater. I, I mean, in just some of these glaciers and how big they are, but how much of that has receded. When I went to Alaska one time, um, th- there was a little rock that showed you where the ice edge was mm-hmm. in like 1927 and yeah. now it's all woods until you get to the glacier that yeah. it used to be a part of so there was science which was really cool they i mean they had all kinds of probes and things they were doing to gauge that they they cut down in and then cut another hole in to see the light where they could see where the melting had started and stopped it, there's an interesting science part of it and, and she's great but then just the views i mean the, uh, the, it's just i don't know how to describe it well, we're gonna have to watch, aren't we, Nick? Sounds good. I don't think Nick's interested. Nick. I'm very interested. Okay. I'm just being realistic. I don't know how I'm gonna get to it. Are you behind in your queue? Uh, well, pause your queue. Sometimes that's the problem. I know. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta just pause and then jump start. Yeah. Yep. I do that. It's. I mean, it, literally, I watched it in a night. I don't even think they're 60 minute episodes. There's three episodes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's like a. It's a. It's a movie. Okay. Right. That's perfect. I just, I've never seen anything quite, we did in Alaska get a see, I mean, you, you, these glaciers are, they're unfathomably large. I mean, you, you, they're 10, 15, 20, 30 stories, I, I mean, of of ice. Alaska's on the bucket list. Well, yeah, I would not suggest Greenland unless you've got yeah. like a lot of money and a rescue copter. <laughs> and I would not go with Alex Honnold. And I wouldn't no. go to Alaska during the day, 30 days of night either. No, same. <laughs> That's not all of Alaska. That's just a very uh, small part. I wouldn't go there anyway because anybody that lives there, mm. that takes a special kind of thing just to even be there. All right. That's it for us. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. You too. Always. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.